In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and Doris Rivas Brecky, and we've got a great show today. We've got Martin Cody coming on from Sellers Angels, which is uh, a wine company that supports our military, and then we have our author du jour, uh, Del Staker, who wrote uh, The Lady Gangster, which is a first-hand account of the USS Fuller in World War II. Robin, i got to tell you, I really am happy um, of Military Moms association with uh, with the Military Writers Society of America. We've got some great authors coming up in the future shows. Oh, we sure do. And it was wonderful meeting Joyce Faulkner last week um, and Kathleen Rogers, who was a an author from there. But it was really wonderful hearing not only her story, but how this all kind of came together. And now what a wonderful and interesting network of writers and people this society is. So we are very grateful to them to sort of be partnering with us. And, and uh, we're really looking forward to meeting so many people this year. I agree, you know, and what's so great about these books is they cover everything, you know, from the Civil War to World War II to Korea, you know, Vietnam, you know, up till present day. And the the topics are endless, and um, the books are really fascinating. I've just had such a great time uh, reading the books that have come into the radio station, and that um, it's just it's just opened so many uh, opened my eyes on so many things uh, with respect to the military family. And I didn't think after three years on the air that could happen, but it sure enough did. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we really are um, finding what, what I think is so interesting is being able to share all of these stories with another generation. I think having um, the opportunity for young people and there again, just as a sample, when our, our local high school, as I was telling you before the holidays, went to Hawaii to do a presentation at the 70th uh, commemoration of Pearl Harbor, that was just so enlightening for those young people to not only go and do and play their song for a group of people, they do that all the time, but this was so significant and these young people were so interested in learning more about where our country was at that time and what it meant to us as a country 
what impact this had and all the things that transcended afterwards. This was an incredible experience. And so, their generation is that much further away from it that it's, it's hard to just read about something like this in a history book that's very um, sort of sterile and stagnant. We, we need it from the people's ears and eyes and hearts that were touched by those events in some way, shape, or form. Well, and that's, you know, when I look at, you know, uh, Dell's book, The Lady Gangster, you know, he started working on that, in, or I guess the concept of it came around 1967 when he was talking to his own son. And, you know, recently I had um, the luxury of having my dad in my house and a couple of the gals that work for me um, in the office here came and we all had lunch and my dad started talking about some of his memories from World War II. And it was really interesting because, you know, the girls were interested, my my kids were interested, you know, and there were really, you know, like almost four generations there. You know, you've got your 70s, your 40s, your 20s, and then your, you know, eight and five. And yeah. it really, it really makes a whole, it's just a whole different experience when somebody says, well, and this happened, and, you know, yeah. this is what the newspaper was like, and this is what we saw in the movies, and this is what, it's that human part of it, the feelings attached to it, I think, that make these stories so compelling. Absolutely. And there again, it's from the heart. It's from someone's experience. It's not just a fact, retelling a fact. It is the, it's the heart and soul of what, what these people have experienced and what they've done for our country. Well, it always, when I look at Doris's, Doris's military picture, I can't help but smile every single time I see it because I think of her showing up to the Army with all her luggage, you know, just totally private <laughs> Benjamin all the way. And, you know, here is this picture from the 70s, this beautiful young girl, you know, in uniform, so proud to serve her country. And when she told me that story, cracked me up. And still to this day, Doris, I can't look at your Army picture without, without cracking up. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill you the next time I see you for bringing that up. For bringing that up again. That's the only part of my whole story you remember is me and Private Benjamin. <laughs> but it's the it's the human part of it because I think you know we can all relate to these things. And when we you know read these wonderful stories like Saban Fallon's uh, book that I just adore, um, you get a chance to be in the psyche of the person, the character. You get to feel their feelings. You get to experience their emotions. Um, you get to see what they see through their eyes. And, you know, that's just, it's just such a personal experience with a book as opposed to, you know, a movie that does so much more for you. And, I'm, you know, not to diss the History Channel, they're clients of ours, and we, we like what they do, but there's something special about a book that you sit quietly and you get completely immersed in that story. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Even if it is your luggage. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, Doris, you got some news we can use? I do, I do, if I can just regroup here for a moment after being (laughs) hysterical. But, uh, yes, I do have some uh, news, and it's rather personal. This story is everyone's worst holiday nightmare, but it does have a happy ending, so... Oh, thank God. Yeah, don't panic. It's not doom and gloom. But anyway, it is is a a real story. And it happened to uh, my cousin, Michael Tarasas, who was at his best friend's house for Christmas Eve cheer. 
And it's a pack house. Everybody is watching football. They're all big football fan people. And right before everyone's eyes, the head of the house, which is my cousin's friend, keels over and collapses onto the ground in front of everybody in the living room. And the room, as you can expect, everybody goes crazy except for my cousin Michael. He immediately tells someone, call 911, and he begins to administer CPR. Now, here's my questions. Could you jump into this rescue mode? Are you prepared like my cousin was? He's just an everyday guy. As a matter of fact, when I was talking to him about the uh, story, he said at that moment in his life, he was lacking confidence in many life issues. Well, because of his CPR uh, incident, he saved the life of his best friend, and the paramedics told Michael and the hospital people that Michael was a hero in every sense of the word. His best friend is still in the hospital, but he's alive, and the doctors say he's alive because of what my cousin did. Now, my cousin, you know, because I'm all enthralled in this story, so I'm asking him kind of from a reporter's point of view, and I'm saying, so, you know, how do you feel now? And he says his whole life has changed for the better because of what he did. He's got confidence. He's got joy. And he has a new sense of purpose in life, which I think, you know, it just touched my heart totally. So after uh, thinking about this story, I went and did some research about CPR. And I found out that at least one child dies from choking on food every five days in the U.S. And more wow. than 10,000, yeah, I know, I know. And more than 10,000 children are taken to emergency rooms for food choking every year. Every year. So here's another one. Mm. CPR does save lives. Mm -hmm. Statistics show that early CPR, if initiated right away, can uh, can save 100 to 200,000 lives a year. Okay, so my, my thing is we all need to know more about CPR. And if you haven't taken that, see, I took it because you have to in the military, you know, take the mm -hmm. course. But... The thing is, this story should make people think, what would they do? Could they? Could they jump in and help? Well, and it's the, what the American Red Cross is the, the best place to go, because I think it's local and it's easy to find. You can go to AmericanRedCross.org right. to look for classes. Excellent. Excellent. And they have them at your libraries. You can check them out. Libraries, the YMCA, there's lots of different places you can go to get that information. And it is very yeah. valuable. Yeah, your and local what, fire department often will have classes too. I know yeah. we've used them quite often for for training here. So your local fire department definitely would have some too. And uh, and his friend's quick. okay, right? That's the most important thing. His friend is okay. Yeah, did he have a heart attack? Uh, he did, and and the thing is that uh, he he was even at bigger risk because uh, a few years ago he had that uh, triple bypass or whatever. Whoa. So he, he really technically probably should have died, but because my cousin jumped in so quickly, he saved the guy's life, and now they're doing, you know, more stents and whatever. But the, but the thing is, mm. he's alive, and he's in his 50s, so. Wow, he's young. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, exactly the first What's thing. What's our I hero's said. name? What's today's hero's name? Michael Tarasas, my first cousin. Bless his soul. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
Wow. It is a good, it's so good to hear success stories like this. We need this more often instead of oh, all the news that, that we do get inundated with. Yeah, the right. gloom and doom. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, cat my cat's the playing the piano behind us. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what everybody's saying. What is that noise back there? It's not the music for the <laughs> for the commercial. We are on our way, though, to commercial, and we will be back very shortly on the other side of our break with um, uh, our, our two guests, Martin Cody and Del Staker. Staker, we're going to have to double-check and make sure we're pronouncing his name <laughs> properly, <know>. right? <laughs> Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Do we have Sandra? Maybe not. I think she's trying to get back on Skype. This is Sandra and Robin and Doris on Military Mom Talk Radio today. And Doris, we're just so glad to hear that your friend, um, your cousin, you said your cousin? Yes, cousin. Yeah, yes, cousin, your cousin, yeah. um, and his friend is, is great. So um, we we certainly and one thing I did want to say too, sometimes there are new standards with the CPR. I know um, even though you may still be current or you may have had CPR training, it's really important to get those refresher courses because now I understand there's a whole new method that they are uh, they are suggesting. So it's really important. Right. 
right. to get those You're refresher right. courses out too. there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I need to do that. Yeah. Good point. Excellent. It's true, yeah. We we have to try to stay current. I think it's the the first date is every three years, but the CPR is every one year as far as our our certifications go. So Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Sandra, are you back with us? I am. I am. This is not playing nice. It's a good thing there was a long tail on the end of that. We sat here and waited for you the whole time. No. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'd like to bring our guest on. I'd like to bring Martin on uh, because he's got a really, really unique idea, something we haven't covered before on Military Mom. We cover a lot of charities. Uh, but um, he's the first one that I know of that thinks about combining wine with charity. I mean, how great is that? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin, are you on the line? I am here. There you are. Well, welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight. Now, I want to ask you, how did you come up with the idea of combining wine and especially military charities? I mean, beer, yes, wine, not so much. It was, well, first, I'm a huge lover of wine, and I love everything about it, its creation, how it brings people together, how it ages, tastes, smells, all of it. And charity has always been very important to myself and the people I'm close to, especially in the last several years when everyone has really suffered so much. So knowing how devastatingly bad everything was uh, for myself included and people I knew, I was determined to try to figure out something positive that could come out of the great economic calamity that we all experienced two years ago. As I'm a big believer that no matter how bad something is, there's something equally positive that can come out of it. You just have to force yourself to look for it. So since we love wine, since I love food, since I I love bringing people together and teaching them about things, we said there's got to be a way to combine this and help people that are suffering more so than we are, and essentially Cellar Angels was born to help. Now, and it's cellar like a wine cellar, C-E-L-L-A-R, uh, singular, angels, um, and that's a, it's an LLC, um, mm-hmm. and that, uh, that serves what types of charitable organizations? We actually will partner with just about any charitable organization as long as it makes sense for both the charity and us, and we know that we can help them. Uh, several of our charity partners are, in fact, military-related, and I'm sure we'll get into some questions about those as well because what they're doing is simply incredible. But what we do is uh, feature a wine a week that our members have access to and our great winery partners in Napa and Sonoma discount their wines specifically for our membership, and then the member gets to choose which charity to support after their transaction. So are the members part of Sellers Angels? They are Where are part the members? Of a... I'm a little confused. They are not. They go to the website and sign up, so I guess ostensibly you could say they're part of our flock of angels. They become angels when they join. Okay, so you join your group, you get a mm-hmm. wine, uh, you get a wine to, um, you get, they, they deliver a wine, and then a portion of the proceeds goes to the charity? Correct. It's, technically, we essentially serve the needs and solve the problems of, of three main entities, if you will, the consumer, the winery, and the charity. The consumer gets unprecedented access to really and arguably America's foremost wine regions, Napa and Sonoma, and then to wines they would never, ever find at their grocery store or liquor store. These are just really small production family wineries. 
The winery benefits because we're using the leverage of the Internet to get them in front of a lot more people than they could on their own. And obviously the charity benefits because they get to have funds from people that they didn't even know as we continue to promote the charity. And the neat part about it is that at the end of the transaction, the consumer gets to select which charity they want to give to. So it really is kind of a a win-win-win wine situation all the way down the line. So they have a choice at the end. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. How do you choose your charities? It really is kind of exciting. The charities have all come to us uh, basically by word of mouth. And we haven't really gone out and cold-called any charities, if you will. And we, we have a couple special announcements coming up about three more partners we're adding. And social media, oddly enough, has played a really significant role in bringing the charities to us and getting us connected. Uh, specifically, one of our military charity, charity partners, Shining Service Worldwide, and Linda Franklin, uh, simply an astounding group that are helping women in the military. And I met Linda via a third party on Twitter. We started talking, and we reached a partnership in under 36 hours. I mean, it was awesome because, actually, Linda's awesome. So really excited about what she's doing. Well, we've had Linda on our show before on Shining Service, so we encourage everybody to, um, you know, check out her sites um, and also check out your site. What is is your website the same name, sellersangel.com? It is. That's exactly what it is, www.sellerangels.com. And seller, like wine seller, C-E-L-L-A-R. I know I got confused in the beginning when I only heard it verbally. I was thinking, seller's angels. Like, who's selling angels? I didn't know you could sell angels. Um, Nope. And we want to make sure it's seller, singular, angels, plural, so that people make sure they get the URL right. Correct. And it would be awesome if the audience did that because you can go to google and just google seller angels or just go to the website and sign up at sellerangels.com so it is singular than plural and we're having a little contest right now which is kind of fun for your audience everyone that signs up is automatically enrolled to win a trip to napa valley so we want to we want to bring wine country or bring the experience of wine country to them firsthand so we've partnered with another group. They'll get all expenses paid, airfare, accommodations, uh, private tastings, transportation, and they will get to appear in a Cellar Angels video. Oh, how fun Ooh, is that? Wow. Yeah, what's the video going to be for? Well, that's another neat thing that we do on the site is rather than read about the winery that we're featuring, we actually provide a custom film of the winery. So the consumer and the viewer gets to learn about exactly who's making the wine, where the wine comes from, why it's special, and it, it really just brings it home and engages the, the viewer much more than basically reading something on a tasting sheet. Wow. When you say that you have different charities, are, are, are they changing often, or are you pretty much for the year you have a set number of charities? Because I would wonder if somebody were to, say, purchase something in February and then go back in July to buy more wine, and maybe that charity isn't there still, or, or do you pretty much have the same charities all the time? Pretty much the same all the time. We haven't had but a few drop-offs just because it wasn't a good fit for them and uh, may not have been from a promotional standpoint. But really the core group of charities, we have 11 now, will probably continue to grow. And they range not only from military, but but really there's cancer research, there's uh, pediatric assistance, there's protection for the oceans because the oceans and water as a whole is extremely important to the production of wine. Uh, One of our, uh, you know, favorite charities is a charity called The Child's Right with 
and, and they're basically changing the life of vulnerable children by providing access to clean water uh, to children's schools, orphanages, hospitals, and rescue homes. And it's just incredible what they're doing because waterborne diseases kill an unprecedented amount of children every single year. So these folks go into really impoverished areas and help them. And then what the military charities are doing is just we really need to help them. So it's one thing we love doing. But, yeah, the, the core group is going to stay the same and just grow. Oh, wow. Wow, that's so, so exciting. Now, let me ask you, Martin, I want to backtrack a little bit, because I'm always the human interest person <laughs> when you say you guys, you know, that digs out in the background. Um, how did you get involved in wine? I mean, how, you know, did you just get up one day and go, oh, I'm going to, you know, own a winery someday? Was, you know, most kids want to be firemen and policemen, you wanted to be a vintner? Uh, I, it's a great question. How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> well, how many, how, let's see, Sabrina, how long do we have in the segment? <laughs> The I think it all started when I was about 20-some-odd years ago. I was 20, 21, working at a country club and was helping the restaurant manager select wine, and I was just really the labor, carrying cases of wine back and forth, and I was allowed to participate in on a tasting and was just became fascinated at all the nuances and flavors that you could experience in wine. And then when we started pairing them with food, I was basically hooked. And from that point forward... You know, through college, I explored wine and uh, enjoyed it. And then after college, through work, whether it was entertaining or at home and and great meals. And and that's one of the things that I I really like about wine is that, first, it gets us back to nature. It's, after all, a plant, you know, with fruit. And for decades, unfortunately, people have sought to make it really complicated as an exclusionary effort. But let's shadow that right now. We're just talking about grapes, okay? So I liked it because it, it allowed us to basically study the plant from growing to nurturing the vine to harvest, and it reconnected us with the land. It, it allows us to slow down a little bit. It, it brings people together. It gets them talking, sharing, caring, communicating, and those are things that I really liked about wine. Do you have a, a vineyard yourself? Have you grown um, grapes, or do I, you I do are not. You a distributor? Gr- gr- yeah. I do not. It would be a nice little dream to maybe own a, a little parcel of acreage, but I have to tell you, when I go on site to these wineries, and I'm there all the time, it, it, there is that romantic version we all have of the winery where it's charcuterie and cheese trays, and we're sitting there watching <laughs> the sunset, and uh, it's not that way. These are some of the hardest working people, and they, they're they yeah. farmers for the most part, and they're up at sure. dawn, and they're in the field, and they're checking the crops, and they're making certain that uh, there's no insects or anything that's going to wipe out that year's crop and there's a lot of what you can do with your with physical force but you're really at the hands of mother nature and you could have a perfect year from the human involvement but boy mother nature throws some curveballs at you with rain and with frosts and it, it's a it's not for the faint of heart i'll tell you that much it's it's true and it is so scary when all of a sudden the weather does affect it's you know it's similar to um sheep farmers actually in that um when they have a, a an illness they actually have to shear the sheep and start all over again they cannot take that growth because there's a imperfection in the in their fur in their wool so it, it's amazing how um one little thing is going to ruin a whole crop we've only got 30 seconds before we go to break and we've got a few more questions for martin and then on the other side we're going to bring you a wonderful author his book is the lady 
gangster. And it's just an interesting tale. Uh, we, I'm sorry, I keep wanting to say the gangster lady, and I have to make sure it's the lady gangster. <laughs> well, you know what? I rename but, people. You can just give people new book titles. Give yeah, there people you go. new book titles. That's it. We'll just say, oh, we'll just have to Google them and hope that we get the right one. I'm sorry, Del. We'll be sure to get it right on the other side of the break. We're here at Motherhood Talk Radio. <laughs> and stay tuned. We've got lots more. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. The Trick to Getting Published with your host, Florence Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on Toginet.com. Flo has seen it, done it, and now can share from her experiences as a newspaper staff reporter, feature writer, freelance editor, and college writing instructor. And now Flo has authored a system whereby her students enjoy a 90% success rate in attaining publication of their manuscripts for the first time. In just four years, she has over 800 of her own articles published in national magazines, newspapers, and anthologies. Author of several books, including the powerful memoir, The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, Florence has advised and edited professors, deans, PhDs, and hundreds of students' writings before submission. And now it's your turn. Join us Friday nights with your questions. Most of Flo's students say they've learned much and thoroughly enjoyed the journey. It's The Trick to Getting Published with your host, Flo Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for education to excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and we're coming to you live from Los Angeles, San Diego, New Hampshire. Uh, Martin, where are you today? Chicago. Chicago, Ooh. and, uh, oh, that's a Chicago, perfect, we've got our segue, you guys. I've been so worried about how I'm going to segue between, you know, our author, the lady of the Lady Gangster, and then Martin Cody of Sellers Angels. How do we go from angels to gangsters? Well, there we have it. We have a Chicago <laughs> connection. We just had to dig deep. <laughs> the city planners are so proud. 
Oh, boy, you're not kidding me. You're not kidding me. Hey, so, Martin, how come Sellers Angels growing so fast? You know, there's a, we're in a tough economy, but you seem to be growing uh, this group uh, in leaps and bounds. It's what, it's interesting, and thanks for the question. I actually uh, I would like us to see us grow faster, but I think what people resonate with is our grassroots organization. I mean, we're a company that's small, that's committed to making certain that the user has the best end-user experience. We're not a big polished, deep-seated pocket with lots of money. And when people learn what we're doing, they genuinely are moved and want to help. And most are already wine lovers in some capacity. So the opportunity to save money on selections from Napa and Sonoma and then support their favorite cause, it it really just becomes a no-brainer for them. And they get excited and they tell friends and they have people over. And then wine starts serving its purpose again by getting people to talk and share and get together. So once people get exposed to that, they really like it, and that's what's starting to feed the growth. Well, and I just think, you know, anything that's growing in, you know, our economy right now, really, you know, we take our hats off to you and salute you because it's very, very difficult uh, to get startups done um, in this economy. And you've done it. You've done it extremely well. You've done it with a social good, which pleases us all over here at Motherhood Incorporated immensely. Um, I want to know, what what, what, what are your plans for the new year? We're just on the cusp or I guess we're in 2012, Um, what are some of your plans for this year? Well, first, we want to encourage every one of your audience members to go to the website and sign up. Uh, We'd love for them to tell five friends, especially if their friends are Matt Lauer, Oprah, or Vice President Biden. That would be helpful. (laughs) What about Obama? Uh, You don't want him in your group? The, the commander-in-chief to, to endorse us would be fantastic. from Manchester, and we just had everything in Manchester this weekend, so I'm not going to put you in the hot seat. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I just want people that as we move forward in 2012, and we just came out of the holiday season, and you know that feeling of giving. When, when you give to someone, you almost get as much or more joy out of, out of the recipient, and, and that's kind of the, the gift we deliver at Seller Angels because the person doesn't know that you're giving and benefiting them, so you get to know firsthand what your donation is doing, especially at places like Soldiers Angels with all the care packages that they do and the financial help that we can provide, and then with Shining Service Worldwide from just the bracelets of the recognition to the mentoring program that she's doing every time you buy wine that helps and really what i hope everyone remembers and and kind of embraces as we move through 2012 is the famous quote from that we live by at seller angels from margaret mead never doubt that a small group of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world indeed it is the only thing that ever has all right that's exactly what we want you to remember and when you think of wine please think of us I think that's outstanding, outstanding. So you guys check out Seller Angels, C-E-L-L-A-R-A-N-G-E-L-S. And um, I'm not even going to try and segue between wine and gangsters. I'm just going to bring on our next guest. His name is Dell, and he's going to have to tell us how to pronounce his last name because we're we're pretty much split between the three of us. Dell, are you on the air? Here, you you can say stacker or stacker, either way. Oh, we were all wrong. Wow. <laughs> we were all wrong. We were all wrong. Well, I'm just going to call you Dell because that's okay. a hard one to that's a hard one to blow. Even I can't mess that one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be here Welcome, with you, ladies. Del. Yes, yes. Thank you for being with us here today, uh, Dell. Tell us a little bit about your book, The Lady Gangster. Now, this is a firsthand ac- account of the USS Fuller in World War II. What was the USS Fuller? What kind of ship was that? Okay, the USS Fuller was an attack transport, and um, 
It was one of the first of its kind during World War II. And the attack transport was the ship that, if you see um, uh, movies where the Marines are landing on the beach and they have those small Higgins boats, well, the Higgins boats had to get there somehow. And the attack transports were the, the ships that sat just a little bit offshore and put the Marines and the soldiers in the Higgins boats and then moved them right up into the beach. So they wow. were... Uh, uh, very, very frontline. Uh, they're they're not as uh, glamorous as uh, destroyers and aircraft carriers and um, uh, you know battleships, but they were always right in the heat of all of the battles, and uh, they were kind of overlooked. Well, they're not a frigate, so you know they're not. You know, my dad used to always make fun of frigates. I don't know yeah. why people make fun of frigates, but I think, I, <laughs> yeah, I think the I name. think it's the okay. thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> it could yeah. be the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and my book, my, my book is about uh, the, the the Fuller, which was known as the Queen of Attack Transports, and it was um, uh, really the prototype. Uh, it was one of the first uh, ships of its kind. And my book is about uh, it's it's an award winning book. It's a multi generational story of World War II, and it's really it's, it's one of the one of the parts of the story is, is as a teenager how I learned about my father's service, and also my un- uncle. And the reason it's called the Lady Gangster is that the uh, entire original crew were from Chicago. Oh, for goodness sakes. Yeah, that's That's why I was so excited. You know, we've got that Chicago. Martin called from Chicago, and, you know, these guys are from Chicago. We've got something going on. Yeah. And and, uh, they were all called up about a year before the war started. Um, and uh, they, my father was one of the original, what they call the plank holders. He was on board for five years, and uh, there were 327 young men from Chicago. And uh, it's an amazing tale of uh, how they served the, in, and were in the heat of battle for five years. So uh, and, and part of the, the interesting part of the story is that as many of um, – the the you know the, the the World War II veterans they were the silent generation they didn't talk about it. I was 16 years old before my father told me anything about his war service, and um, I'm a writer. And my wife had asked me uh, uh, when I was thinking about writing a short story about this experience with my father. I wanted to call it the broken radio because I was stuck in a car with my dad when I was 16, and, and I didn't want to listen to him uh, talk to me in normal ways. And I just asked him the question, well, why don't you tell me what you did in the war? And we drove cross-country, and he just told me this entire story. And and The Lady Gangster, the book, is partially that story of how I learned uh, about my father's service. It's his story, how he tells it, and then also it's a story of the ship and then also uh, of the, the attack transports during World War II. So it's kind of one of those, like Russian dolls, a story within a story within a story within a story. That's wow. wonderful you had that opportunity because I think so many times our lives are so busy and our, our daily tasks just take us in so many different directions. You were stuck in a car and like you say, thank goodness the radio is broken because this would you would have both been absorbed in whatever channel was on and this this gave you the opportunity to just learn so much about what your father went through. Yeah, and at that time, it was actually what brought us together as, as father and son. And our relationship for the rest of his life was, was always based around we could talk about that. That was our entry point, exit point. And that gave me a, a way to connect with him, and it gave me an interest in history. And later on, I went to college. I studied history. I went to graduate school. I studied history. And, and the ability to actually write the story of uh, the lady gangster my ability to do it was partially 
because of my education, which came from my interests, which came from that one day in the in, in the uh, uh, driving with him. So it all ties together. Was well, he is he still living, or was he living long enough to see this published? No, no, he passed away in oh. 1983, so he, he to get, did not get to see it. And uh, my uncle was one of the also one of the uh, 327 young men. He he didn't see it. But what's been interesting is I've I've uh, amassed this. This uh, group of uh, the, the living veterans that are still there—that uh, they're kind of like family to me now, because of course they're very interested in the story because it's their story also. Mm. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that's interesting about this book, and, and 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 why I'm delighted to be with military moms, is that there's a component in there about my grandmother, who was the military mom during World War II, but. Um, it, it's it's a, it, when I wrote this book, I wanted it to be a example and a template for anyone who wanted to tell a story, a family story, and particularly a story of people who'd served in the military. Moms could tell a story of their their their, their sons and daughters. A son or daughter could tell about their 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 father or mother who served, and and we really went at this to make this a book that if someone looks at, it, I'd love everybody in the world to buy it and look at it, of course, and and have it as a as like an outline or a template to if you want to tell somebody's story in an oral history and have and you have access to um, items such as in, in in my book there's newspaper items there's logs there's diaries journals uh, pictures there's maps there's illustrations I've even got poems that I found through research um, but it's truly really the basis of it is oral history sitting down to next to somebody and hearing their story and then being able to put it down. And this is it, it, one of the, the the side things that's come from this is that the book has been received very well as the model of how to tell somebody else's story. Wow, well, and I that think is about so cool. How, how lucky you are, Dell. You know, because we we on Military Mom, we've had the History Channel on, we've had the History Project on, and how many of our service members don't ever share these stories and feelings with their kids right. and take them to the grave. I mean, and and kudos to you for having the wherewithal to take notes and write these down so that the story doesn't doesn't go untold. Yeah, and and I think what it shows, at least for my dad's generation, those fellas, and and there's there's the conflict he had personally. You know, he was a very spiritual man, a very religious man, and and also you know when you're in a war, you know you're, you're, there's there's violence and killing, and the, you know he was always haunted by his duty and his performance as a as a as you know defending our country, but also being a person of faith. And I tried to also bring that portion into the story. You know, that's that's uh, that's you know, it's part of the fabric of our lives. Wow. wow. We have so much more to ask you, Dell. Uh, we're going to go to a break in just about a minute. Uh, we want to ask on the other side of the uh, the commercial break, where did the Lady Gangster title come from? I think we're all kind of curious about that. We also want to invite people to join us uh, on iPod, uh, excuse me, iPod, iTunes. <laughs> Visit us at militarymomtalkradio.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. We want you to be sure to find all of the podcasts of this show and all of our other shows anytime you need a good listen. We have lots more to come on the other side of the break with Del Stacker and um, the Lady Gangster right after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? 
Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903 617 6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us sound, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and Doris Rivas-Brecky. For those of you that missed the earlier part of the show, we had Martin Cody on. Today, he's the president and founder of an organization called Sellers Angels, that's C-E-L-L-A-R, Angels, like uh, like drunken angels. I love that. I don't know why these things just come to me and fly right out of my mouth, but they do. Um, our guest uh, for this segment is Del Staker, and he wrote this great great book called The Lady Gangster. It's a first-hand account of the USS Fuller in World War II. Um, Del, I want to ask you, because one of the things that I like about your book, uh, the one thing you talked about earlier in the segment was that it's a really good prototype uh, for how to write um, a book of this nature. And, um, you know, we're going to have Joyce Faulkner on. She's going to do an Author's Corner series over the next 
uh, 11 months where she's going to come on and talk about, you know, how to write a military uh, book, how to write, you know, um, and get published. She's going to bring on uh, publishing agents. She's going to bring on uh, literary agents. She's going to bring on people who have been successful in their books. Yours is an award-winning book. But the one thing that I think takes, you know, and I, I went to Northwestern, I went to Medill. I'm a former journalist, so I really do appreciate when somebody crafts a book, and your book is very well crafted, um, but moreover, when you weave in principles into the story, you've got great dialogue, you've got a great story, you've got a great rack to hang, you know, the story upon, it, it, it's well-crafted, but then you slide in some principles, and I think that's really cool. Do you want to share with us some of the principles that are, you think are displayed in your book? Well, I, I think uh, uh, the, the first principle, and this might relate to military moms so much, is that early on it's, it's how my father got into the service. You know, my uncle joined up and didn't tell anyone in the family. He was kind of talked into it by a cousin who, who was already in the Naval Reserve. So my grandmother, who was a member of the Mother's Crusade and the Mother's March Against War, um, said to my father, you know, you're the older brother. You go in. You're going to join the, the the Navy with your brother and look after him. And <laughs> and the principle I think that's there that is so so it, it just bespeaks so much about my grandmother and my family that it was doing your duty and and fulfilling your obligations. And then once uh, you know Pearl Harbor uh, happened, my grandmother and many of those mothers who were you know against the war uh, abandoned. Uh, that because they knew that was over, we're in the war, and they became um, the very proud supporters of uh, their, their sons. And, and I remember that uh, the picture that I use uh, later in the book of the two sailors and the soldier, that's my, my two uncles, uh, and, you know, one became a, an Army sergeant, and then, of course, my uncle that went with my dad. So uh, when I came into her home, there was always proudly displayed the picture of, the, of her, her veteran sons. And uh, I remember that she kept her blue stars that they had on the, the windows for being Blue Star Mothers to let everyone in the neighborhood know that she had three sons that were off fighting during the war. So I think that's one of the principles of, um, of doing your duty. I think another principle was uh, through it, uh, the, the human quality of the sailors that my dad served with, the, 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 how they treated the Japanese prisoners, um, how they treated the wounded, um, you know, how they responded to the violence and the, the negative parts of war. They didn't lose their humanity. Um, they were very positive. So that, that's the, the things that I came out uh, through this experience and I wanted to write about. Uh, in my other life, I'm a writer. I write uh, fiction and I write novels. And so I wanted to tell the story of of, of what happened, but also bring out the, you know those those things I just shared with you the the human nature of the the, the men that served and and then sticking to their principles, and then also I love the story of how my grandmother turned from being kind of a war protester to being a, a you know a supportive mom um, all during the war, and then after the war she was always very proud of the service that uh, her boys did. Well, now, what do you think your your grandma would say um, to current moms today, to somebody like me or, you know, a lot of the moms that, you know, have either small children or, like in Robin's case, they have grown children? What, what, what advice would she give to us today? Well, I, I think, you know, she it came from her, you know, her perspective of God first, then family, then country. And, you know, she was big on doing your duty, but holding people accountable. 
uh, it was kind of a two-way street with her. You know, she she felt that giving her sons to the war was her du- doing her duty also. But uh, I remember later, because um, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was growing up, and you know, I was the one that slept on her couch, you know, as a kid growing up and being with her, <laughs> and and she had that sense of okay, I did my duty, and I want other people to do theirs too, and to hold people accountable. And and one of the things she held people accountable to is her sense of being politically involved, her voting uh, later on. Uh, she never complained without. Uh, also saying, well, you know, I vote and I, you know, um, I participate. Uh, you know, she was she was a, a, a civic-minded person, and she felt that, you know, there was that responsibility of being involved. So, you know, I think she would tell moms today, okay, it's good to love your boys and your girls, and you know, they're in service, but don't just end it there. Be involved and let people know how you feel. You, you know, one way or the other. You know, because I know that you know that there, there's always uh, that that line you have to. Have, you know, deal with of supporting troops versus maybe not supporting the war, that kind of thing. Uh, I think she would say, you know, just don't quit. You know, just get in there and, and do your thing and, and, and hold other people accountable, too. Well, and that's the one thing that I love about, you know, being the blogging generation. You know, for the first time in history, Dell, you know, and you can appreciate this as a writer, as an author, and Doris as a reporter, uh, Robin as a host. You know, for the first time in history, with blogs being free now, and the ability for one voice to go up against, you know, a Dell corporation or go up against and speak out, you know, um, the primary advertising for our show when we started was blogging, and we did speak out, and we did speak up, and we did talk about um, issues, and it's just such a wonderful thing that the the Internet's given us this level playing field for every voice to be heard, and, um, you know, and I just think that's such great advice uh, if your grandmother was here today for women to make a difference for us to, especially our military moms that are sending their kids off to war, Uh, you know, I just think that was really, really, Del, just such a great, great point. Well, you know, I, I I think she would be uh, listening to Military Moms Radio. She's around today. <laughs> <laughs> Was your mother equally as supportive of you entering the military as your grandmother was of your father? I think the next generation, you know, my mom and my dad, you know, my dad was interesting because he, he was the vet, so he had his own views on, on service. You know, he, he'd mm-hmm. seen the, the horrors of war, so he was very reluctant about my service. But my mother was very proud because, because I, I, I received a... Uh, uh, scholarship to go to, you know, the Citadel, the military school in South Carolina. So, um, you know, she was very proud in the sense that, you know, I got my education and, and you know, uh, uh, I had a career path. You know, I didn't follow it all the way in the military. But, uh, yeah, she was very proud and supportive. Um, I, I would say she was far more um, patriotic in the flag-waving sense than my grandmother was, and even my father as a veteran. So, yeah, she was proud of my service. Um, you know, I served right after the end part of Vietnam and then into the, the, the mid-70s. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I think she was pretty proud of my service. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she was proud. And I, I think it is difficult for any mother. It's different, I think, for a mother to see their son go than it is for a wife to see their husband. It's not that it's any... Uh, one is worse than the other. They're, it's both very difficult, but um, I think there's just a difference <laughs> there. We are yeah, very I, uh, yeah, sensitive I, to our sons. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that because then my my aunt, who 
married, you know, the uncle that went off with my dad in the Navy, um, you know, mm-hmm. my Aunt Bernice. Uh, uh, my, my cousin graduated from the Naval Academy. He was killed right before Vietnam started. He was an aviator, and uh, he was killed training to, to become one of the Blue Angels. And, and I remember oh. speaking with her as a military mom, losing her only son, you know, in service to the country. And uh, it was it was always something that... Uh, uh, very difficult um, for her to deal with, and I remember I was a, a you know a grown man and adult when I had the opportunity to sit down and, and speak to her about that. And you know, there's, yeah. there's you know, I mean, for a, a mom to lose a child is is always difficult, and 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 to lose one in prime of life, which always the, the military people are, you're in the prime of life when you're lost. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, very sad. You know. D- Del, why the lady gangster? Why, why this title? Well, you, you guys had hit on the Chicago connection there already. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, the very all these young men were scooped up a year before the war, and, and and some of them had no training. That's part of the great part of this story. Uh, and they end up in Seattle, and they get off the train in January of 1941, and. And uh, the Navy is expecting all these young thugs from Chicago to show up, and they just called them a bunch of gangsters. And so as soon as, they, as soon as they went on their ship, the ship was known as the gangster. And, and, and as journalists, you'd like this, they, they, made, they made their, uh, their the newspaper on board. It was called the, the Gangster. So they immediately, everybody in the Navy knew it as the, the Gangster. And then when it became the Lady Gangster, for me, because when my dad spoke of it, he was a sailor, and they always refer to the ship in the, in the feminine, she and her, you know. And so to me, when I was, whenever he described it to me, it was the lady gangster. It was she. Oh. And so that when, when, when it came time to name the book, there was just no discussion at all. I just knew it was called the lady gangster. And, um, the, um, the, the gangster, uh, news, newspaper still exists. Uh, there's probably only about, Less than a dozen of the original crew is still alive, but they still have their newsletter. Uh, it, you know, it goes out. It's called the Gangster News, and they Aww. talk about their reunions and things. And I mention in the book uh, how I've been to some of their reunions and, and how um, that's you know that's how we've kept together. Uh, uh, I think the youngest uh, member of that group originally, the 327, had just passed his 17th birthday when they brought him on. So he's, I oh, think, wow. 88 right now or 89. And he provided some of the uh, documents I had for the book. Ooh. So, yeah. We want to make sure that we give everybody your website, www.theladygangster.com. And uh, you are author author of some other fiction, too, aren't you, Del? Yeah, I have uh, three uh, um, uh, kind of mystery uh, crime thrillers. Uh, and and they they can be linked, and I, I really don't want to discuss them because I'd like to, to talk about the lady gangster. If somebody wants yes. to find me, they can Google me or or you know uh, I have my own website, you know dellstacker dot com. So oh good. Uh, yeah. And we want to make sure that we yeah. spell, uh, have everybody spell stacker correctly, and it's S-T-A-E-C-K-E-R. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. Del, thanks, thanks so much. We are at the end of the show. We want to thank you so much for, for sharing The Lady Gangster with us. Mm-hmm. It's a delight and an inspiration. And we also want to make sure that we thank Martin Cody from SellerAngels.com. Uh, please do go and check out what wines are there for you to love and enjoy and At the same time, love and enjoy a very special military charity. Thank you so much, both of you. Have a great week, Doris and Sandra. Thank you. You too. Both all next week on Military Mom Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.